This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and I'm joined by James Forsyth and Katie Balls. Well, it's been a mixed night in the local elections. The Conservatives have, as predicted, uh, made uh, losses. Labour have won a number of London councils for the first time in decades, including Wandsworth and Westminster. They've also done well in the new Cumberland Council. But in other seats, it's been a little bit less exciting for the Labour Party. And Tory chairman Oliver Dowden has been touring the airwaves, trying to explain why this is not as bad a result as it might seem. This is what he had to say this morning. If you look at what's happened across the peace uh, in London over the past 20 years or so, it has been the case that we have have lost vote share. If you look at Wandsworth, past 20 years we've been losing uh, vote share. We only clung on by, by by 200 votes. If you look across the rest of the country, if you take, for example, Thurrock, which uh, I, I'd I believe rather talk that Labour had controlled for the past 30 I'd, years. The bloke had uh, gone to bed and he won. To, I think they're down to about uh, five seats. I've, I accepted at the top of this interview that we that we had right. difficult results in London, but I do think you have to look at the picture okay. across the board. Katie... What kind of picture do you think we're we're all seeing this morning? Well, clearly we're still getting results in, so we don't have the full picture yet. And it's also, I think, a little bit of a messy... There are some clear things we can take from it. Um, for example, we can say for certain the Tories are having an absolutely grim time in London. And you just outlined, Isabel, um, the councils they've lost. And I think the biggest surprise or the biggest um, upset there is Westminster Council, which uh, I think Tories hoped they would uh, cling on to. Wandsworth, I think they thought, was perhaps beyond their grasp, even if it does have significant value, given it was Margaret Thatcher's favourite council. Uh, So I think in London, you can say it's going very well for Labour, it's going uh, worse than expected for the Tories but then you get outside of that and I think you can also see um, you know signs in the south blue wall that Lib Dem threat for the Tories is coming so West Oxfordshire which obviously um, used to be David Cameron's backyard is a place where the Tories have lost control the Lib Dems now have control and I think there's a, there's a few more Lib Dem wins coming up um, I think Lib Dems generally having a, a good time perhaps having the best time of the of the three parties and if you look at the results so far the most to be pleased about which is showing that they are making inroads as uh, the alternatives to the Tories in these areas but then you look at Keir Starmer and yes Keir Starmer I think is clearly doing very well in London but it's interesting that John Curtis the polling expert has been saying actually if you go outside of London it's not so clear that Labour are where they would want to be he said that where Labour are at the moment, they would not be able to form a majority government and they might not even be the largest party if you're looking at where they are and where you'd expect them to go from this in a general election. Now, Labour are obviously um, saying that this is you know huge progress compared to previous, um, but I think it does point to the fact that, yes, some wins for Labour, but I don't think Boris Johnson or Keir Starmer are having the nights that they would like to. I, I think this is a none of the, none of the above result. You look at the, the low turnout... And what you're seeing here is voters want to give a Tory party a kicking over cost of living, parties and the like. But they are not yet 
outside of London, they are not yet enthusiastic or convinced by Labour. Labour's vote share, as of about 6.30 this morning, was only up kind of 1% on where it was in, in 2018 when these seats were last contested. And then you look at the kind of the fact that the Lib Dems and the Greens, you know, two uh, protest vote parties are both having good nights, as Katie said. And I mean, I mean, that points you to an electorate that is saying that they are not convinced by either of the main parties at the moment. And I think this is pointing towards a general election result where Parliament would have an anti-Tory majority, but rather than a kind of Labour majority or anything like that. And I think I think that those Tories saying that these results are kind of classic midterm, they would have a point if it was not for the fact that, or as far as the eye can see, it's bad economic news coming down the track. I mean, that, that has got to be the worry for the Tories, which is, you know, the, these results, if you, could, if you could see that the economy was going to have a kind of couple of good years of growth, you could think, well, look, this is not that bad for a government that's been in power for 12 years. The worry for the Tories is this is a result before we go in to the really grim economic period that the Bank of England is suggesting is coming down the track. So, Katie, what does this mean for Boris Johnson's leadership? We've had, a, I think, one Conservative MP complaining about the impact of Partygate on um, the party's chances. Is, is, is that going to get worse over today? I would expect it to get worse, just in the sense you would imagine as more results come through. And it's worth stressing, you know, these are not good results for the Tory party, despite the fact that they're flying around all these slightly mad figures saying, oh, we could lose 800 seats. Uh, I don't think anyone really believed that was where it was at. So at the moment, I think you're looking, the estimate on what we have so far is they could lose 200 to 300 seats. I think that therefore... Tory MPs, particularly in London, but also parts of the South, uh, the Blue Wall. I think those MPs with Lib Dems, the second largest party, are going to get a little bit anxious too. And therefore, you're hearing overnight people such as Stephen Hammond, the MP for Wimbledon, coming out and saying there needs to be change from this. Now, he was not calling for a change of leader, but when he was pressed in this BBC interview, he started talking about, well, you know, any good government should have a place for people like Jeremy Hunt, also Greg Clark. But Jeremy Hunt is particularly interesting because Jeremy Hunt is the person that we uh, are often told by friends of Jeremy Hunt that we never know how quite close the friendship is, who could be on manoeuvres and and is talked up as a replacement to Boris Johnson. So I think we'll see you know, people calling for uh, what they think is a solution to this. But as tends to be the case with the Tory coalition, that there will be lots of different ideas of what the exact solution is. I think in terms of an immediate threat to Boris Johnson, well, like, look, things could change. But I've always thought when it came to the local election results, there are ways you can spin it. And therefore, it might not actually be the crunch moment that, that some thought it was. I think we could get more discomfort. But right now, it seems to be more, I'd say a bit of an uncomfortable silence for Boris Johnson in terms of his MPs, but not yet a sign that uh, people are going to say this is the moment that he should leave. I was very struck listening to Stephen Hammond, who, who appeared just before Casey on, on, on the BBC election programme this morning, that this wasn't a call for a change of leadership. This was a call for a more inclusive leadership. And you know, if you think about Stephen Hammond, the seat he represents, Wimbledon, where he is in the party, I think number 10 will have been relieved that he's just calling for you know people to be brought into a cabinet for Boris Johnson to move away from uh, such a kind of heavy emphasis on where people were in the Brexit referendum and their personal loyalty to him in deciding who serves, rather than calling for a leadership contest. And I think if you had said... 
I think Katie is right that there is clearly still silence is still the loudest sound in Westminster from Tory MPs about Boris Johnson's future. People don't want to come out either kind of go over the top for him or put the knife in. But I think if you had said to number 10 in the immediate aftermath of Boris Johnson being fined, that on the day of the election results, and we've got to 9.50 now, not a single new Tory MP would have gone public with a call for Boris Johnson to go, they would have been very happy. I think if you were looking at the 54 letters coming imminently, that would have to determine with people coming out at 10pm as the polls close saying, look, I haven't said anything because we've had council candidates out in the field, but I think the Prime Minister's position is untenable. The fact that that hasn't happened doesn't mean Boris Johnson is safe, doesn't mean he's out of the woods, but means the chance of those 54 letters going in imminently, I think is not that high. And Katie, in terms of Keir Starmer, he's been particularly happy about the result in Barnet, which he and his allies see as as being really a sort of a drawing of the line under the anti-Semitism uh, scandal in the Labour Party. But is he able to, to be triumphant after to, after today's results? I'm not sure if he can be triumphant, but then perhaps other than Ed Davey, and there's still a ceiling on that level of triumph. It's more if you accept that you're the third party in in England. I don't think there is much of a sense of, you know, this is the biggest victory ever for Keir Starmer. And actually listening to Labour politicians throughout the night, as they were obviously doing the talking, you had Bridget Phillipson on, obviously Shadow Education Secretary. And when, uh, you know, presenters were saying to Bridget Phillipson, oh, well, look, you've had great successes in London. Look at your big successes in London. Bridget Phillipson it was very keen to say, yes, but also across the country, look across the country. I think the issue for Kistama is the biggest successes are very much in London. And yes, there are some things they can point to. I mean, I think you can't say that he's done badly in the Red Bull. It's just more, should he have done better? Because there are some, I think, important wins. For example, Labour have won Cumberland Council. Now, Cumberland Council covers areas of three Tory MPs, one of which is Workington Man, if we remember onward the think tank in the 2019 election said you know this is the seat that represents where the Tories are going so that is quite significant if you read from that that uh, you know those MPs could be vulnerable and lose their seats obviously local elections are always a little bit more complicated than what you read so I think there are things to point to but I think the problem for Kostama is there's just too many places right now where the Tories have either held in the in what you would call you know Midlands North or have actually made a few gains and Therefore, in terms of a path to power, when you have someone like John Curtis coming out and saying this does not actually necessarily even look as though you're going to be the largest party, I think that does take some of the air of you know triumph or, or winning out, out of it. And James, counting hasn't started yet um, up here in Scotland, but already there are knives out for Douglas Ross. What's going on? I mean, Douglas Ross's problem is that he called for Boris Johnson to go. Then the war in Ukraine happened and he, Douglas Ross felt he had to, to withdraw his call for Boris Johnson to go. I think what Douglas Ross thought was happening was at the point when Douglas Ross called for Boris Johnson to go, it did look like the 54 letters were trying to go in. So I think he was trying to kind of say, look, Scottish Tories are kind of independent force within the parliamentary party and put himself at the head of something that he thought was going to happen. And then obviously events have not developed as he expected. I think the Scottish results here will be fascinating because you know, Anna Sarwar is the most politically talented 
leader of Scottish Labour have had in quite some time. And if Scottish Labour comes second, as all the opinion polls suggest they will, I think that that ultimately, and it looks like the Tories are going to not have a majority at the next election, again, something that looks likely. I think that makes it easier for Scottish Labour to take on the SNP. Makes it easier for Scottish Labour to argue at the next Westminster election, look, you know, you can vote, if you want to kick the Tories out and kick Boris Johnson out, you know, vote for us at Westminster. We are going to be the most effective opposition at Westminster unlike the SNP who and you know I think we'll get look I suspect that we'll hear lots more about how they voted with the Tories in 1979 to kick out a Labour government and, and allow Margaret Thatcher in so I, I, I think this is I think that what happens in Scotland is going to be very interesting for the union but obviously I think in terms of uh, results we haven't had yet that are the most significant what happens in Northern Ireland is a thing to watch for you know do we end up with Sinn Féin being the largest party because the unionist vote is so split Thank you, James. Thank you, Katie. And thank you for listening.